So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of the NBA's restart this week, July 30th, with the mini regular season going into the playoffs in the bubble of Orlando, Tom Thibodeau being hired to be the head coach of the New York Knicks, and is that a big move? Jamal Adams going to the Seahawks in an unexpected trade, and along with the Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. fight that's supposed to last eight rounds, exhibition match. So before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex Muhammad. Go ahead and say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. I uh, hope everybody's staying safe out there. And make sure you subscribe to our podcasts and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah. Press subscribe because it is definitely going to really start to heat up when it comes to sports. They've actually gotten further along than I thought that they would, uh, not in just the NBA, but also with the MLB, as their play has started back also. Uh, but to really begin it off, what m- many people are anticipating, one of the biggest major sports of the U.S., that being NFL and NBA, NBA not getting to finish their previous season, the NBA will be restarting for its previous season, the 2020 season, on July 30th this week for an eight-game mini regular season for each team. So one thing that have uh, come about and differences that will be with the NBA now that they're in the bubble, as we've kind of reviewed over the past couple of weeks, the full picture is coming together. Now, one big thing is that there has been no COVID cases during the scrimmage process before this regular season started, which is bring a, a lot of hope to the possibility of completing entire ending of the uh, playoffs. Other big things are like the new NBA camera views, the new video screen sidelines with social distancing seating for the teams and plans for social injustice statements to come on the courts and jerseys for the NBA and WNBA players. So who has when it comes to the actual play of the scrimmages of the NBA, who has impressed you most in the NBA scrimmage games? Um, when it comes to the scrimmages, I would say, I mean, it's LeBron James. I mean, he's always doing what he usually does. The Lakers have been doing well. Um, he's seems like he's on track to go in. Um, is it playoff mode, LeBron? <laughs> um, yeah, Le- LeBron James, he's definitely been waiting for this moment. And he's definitely shown up in these scrimmages. And I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. Even though I'm not going to be going for them completely. But if I was going for a team besides the Rockets, it would be the Lakers. Now, I have to completely agree. Uh, LeBron had, is, came back quite impressive, as we everybody kind of really thought he would. Um, nobody really thought that LeBron will have rust. He's not human in that way. Uh, when it comes to the like many other players is LeBron is known for his longevity and him being the top. I wasn't really going to point out to the obvious, most obvious person who was impressive. I was actually <laughs> going to go 
a little bit deeper to people who are more in the background. Who's just actually they're doing good would actually surprise us. Um, I would say it'd be between actually two other Laker players, Kyle Kuzma and Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters came through with some very clutch shots in these couple of scrimmage games I've seen him in. And I've seen, just like I thought, and you know, I've been campaigning uh, even before he was on the team for him to be a part of the Lakers. And it's all come full circle as he's shown that he knows how to take over, whether that worked to their detriment or to your uh, to their benefit. I think this worked to, towards their benefit. I saw him being able to take over the moment or make big shots without there being any type of fear that he's not doing what LeBron wants him to do. So I really would lean more towards Deion Waiters, but I'm also surprised, surprised by Kuzma because he's been extremely consistent over a scrimmage amount of time. Yeah, as consistent as you can be. Um, we'll see if he shows up in the playoffs with that or just this uh, the eight regular season games because he's going to need that um, because he's a type of player that is up and down. You just don't know what you're going to get. Um, I but but I, I hope for LeBron's sake, <laughs> he's he's more consistent this time around. I agree. And I, that's why I it's such a hard pick between those two on who surprised me the most, because that has been Kuzma's problem, consistency. And I've seen consistency on his shots, his movements and, you know, a less flashy haircut, which may help him out. Uh, so I, I think those those two will be the X factors to the Lakers winning it all. Those two players. And it is really great for the Lakers, as we will get kind of get into here. But uh, what NBA team has the most to worry about with the beginning of this playoff burst? I say the number one team has to be the Clippers. Um, this is a team that has not played together that much. And it seems like the team still doesn't want to really get together. Um, Lou Williams is going out to gentlemen's clubs and <laughs> leaving the bubble <laughs> along with a couple of other players. Um, so they just have to be worried right now. I would be worried as a fan. This team has almost no no chemistry. Um, they haven't really played that much together, and it seems like they won't get that, that many games together. I Okay, I can, I can definitely agree. I wasn't going to – definitely was not going to go there. Um, I actually thought it would be Philly. Uh, because Embiid already sat out one game. Uh, if they don't make it at least to the conference final, their whole team is going to be blown up. There is, there's absolutely no way their players will be on that team by the end of next year. Maybe they'll begin the year together, but they will not be on the same team by the end of that year if they don't make it far in these playoffs. So I'm going to really lean towards the Philly, even though that is a very great answer when it comes to the Clippers, because they are not together right now. They have been pieced up the entire season, even when there was no quarantine. I think even, I think they were going to lean on their comfortable being comfortable with their surroundings and being around family and everything when it comes to being in LA and the Clippers, even though there may be a sectioned out amount of fans they would have been able to have. It still probably got, would have gotten outweighed when it came to the matchup against the Lakers. They have to now create their own chemistry, their own intensity, and their own uh, their own type of drive when they're extremely pieced up. 
uh, they've been pieced up from the second team to the, the to the starting team on even just favoritism. And now you see, just like you said, Lou Williams, he's going out to strip clubs and has to quarantine for extra amount of time. And they're more, it, it just seems really pieced up and they should worry a, a whole lot. Oh yeah, they should definitely worry. I think that this might be an, an early exit in the playoffs Ooh, just for this. <laughs> That'll be really, really bad. Because I actually think the person who would lose the most, or thing or organization that would lose the most, is really the Clippers. Like the actual Clippers organization would lose the most if they didn't make it far in these playoffs. Because that's one less year off of the Kawhi contract, and he's already got a two year with an opt out on the third. And this is the completion of one of them. Yes, I. I fully agree with that. And um, Paul George, does he have the same amount of years? I, I think it's exactly. I think it's exactly the same. I think it's exactly the two years in the option. Like you can you can be gone in two years if you felt like if it, it wasn't working out. And this that it's just not a lot to kind of lean on if you don't go far here. And then you got you got to lean on next year to stand on whether you're going to stay there. I don't think Ka- Kawhi's not a real confident ber- person for staying in one place. I could even see him going from the Clippers to the Lakers and acting like it's not a big deal. <laughs> I don't want to see that. but No, I don't want to see that at all. I, I'm seeing <laughs> in a scenario where players have been moved and maybe even LeBron's not there or something, you know, just like some scenario just plays out in two years from now. But I could see him doing something like that just to stay in L.A. and acting like it's not a big deal he, that he moves from the Clippers to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, if LeBron's not there, I guess it's fine. But um, the the Clippers, they definitely have to worry. As a fan, I worry. And I think Doc Rivers, he's worried. He, he just does. He's never had his whole team there. And how do you deal with that? Uh, yeah, he, this is not the Boston Celtics. And those Boston Celtics teams were... I think uh, lockstep together pretty much through the whole way. Like they were, and uh, through in practices, they got fussed that they they kind of had an equal type of um, responsibility to, to things. Um, when this Clippers team, it's all pieced up mentally and physically. Even though they are healthy, quote unquote, um, anything can happen. Even the fact that they have two of their main stars are injury prone. Yes, they are injury prone. Um, and Kawhi, <laughs> still really haven't. Seen yeah, that him don't that even much. exist. Like I don't even know why it exists because he hasn't been to the playoffs since I think it was twenty fifteen. No, no, no. He went last year. You remember that? You know, against oh, Dame oh, Dollar. Okay, so you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. He didn't win a game since then, but uh, or a series. Sorry, a series since then. But. Uh, that was the stat. Sorry about that. But just not to get too far off uh, on this one uh, and to reel it in with the new NBA camera view and the new sideline video screens to substitute fans. How do you feel about the experience and feel of the game? Um, this time around, it feels more like a, an Olympic game um because there's not too many fans the court seems bigger or at least it seems like there's more space for for these games um of course there's not a real crowd there so i mean there's not too much noise either i mean there's noise um you know that there is people there but it's not the same type of feel 
Um, but I'll be fine. You know, um, the players, they're still going to try to uh, feed off of each other and, you know, yell and scream and all that stuff. So I, I think this will still be fine. I think they did a great job. I think they did not lose where they had to replace. And they had to replace some big things. Like, for example, fans. Those big screens made me feel like I'm interested in that. I want to see what y'all can do with that. Even if it's just the team logo on it, I like that. I don't feel that I'm, I don't have that crowd there. And that, of course, brings in that you can now have fans on those screens that we will talk about very uh, soon here on the, in the next question. But not to get too far into that one, I think the whole experience is quite great. It's actually a big adjustment that seems small, a big adjustment that really seems small to the product because it doesn't I don't think it decreases with the, the players. And like you said, there is a lot more space, but I think they needed to have space because it's the whole social distance. And you don't want players falling over even their own players on the sidelines. I, I love that they have extremely comfortable seating. It, it looks great. It looks like a, a mini movie theater for the for the players as they before they get on, onto the court. I, I really love what they've done. Now, the angle, the, the camera angle, I don't that. I don't like as much because it seems too far, like close on that you might not be able to see other parts of the of the of the plays where things are setting up. But I'm I'm actually I'm still open to it get growing into it. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to. You got no choice. This is the of new course, normal. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> you don't have that sky cam out here uh, with the big screens above it. So I think that's the, the the difference. Exactly, literally the difference. When you have those giant screens there in the middle of uh, arenas, they also have cameras on the bottom of them that have a uh, bird's eye view. And I think that might have been too much to to try to accomplish for the the i think it's three i'm pretty sure it's three courts uh at the uh, orlando um disney world uh location that they're having the bubble so i i think that's really what happened and that yeah we're forced to uh adjust to the new norm i actually i have no problem with this new norm so I'll, i'll go ahead and push into the last question on this part of the subject so the fans Will it has been said now that the fans will appear on those screens that are uh, on the sidelines that we see now throughout these scrimmage games? So will it be enough for players to feel hype to play towards the crowd? Um, I think it'll do for what they have gone through at this point. Um, we know that it's a different year, it's a different feel, it's a new start to the NBA. Um, and whatever fans that they can get, they can feed off of. Um, there will be no more, you know, slapping hands with the uh, sideline people, the sideline fans, but I think this will be just enough for them to still feel that energy and feed off of that to play well. I I just don't know how they're going to do the whole fan thing. Is it going to be within the homes? Is it going to be... Uh, individual cameras that you can just kind of willingly put yourself into. I, I just, I don't, I, I'm not fully <laughs> sure how that part works. Uh, maybe they set up a social distance uh, area at each arena that's a mini party. Actually, that might be the best uh, 
way to do it is do a social distancing, social distancing public uh, thing where you have the screen view of of the games. I'm guessing that's how they're going to do it. Because otherwise, it seems weird if you're literally in each individual fan's home. And then as a player, if I see an individual fan rooting or rooting against me, it's going to throw me off. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it will throw you off because you see what's in the background. You might be distracted by that because that's what we saw with the NFL draft. You see all these other things in the background. Um, yeah, imagine if you saw... Uh, what if you saw somebody smoking a blunt? I would just say in the background. I, you just don't know. This is, these are games. These are environments where people do get intoxicated in many different forms. Uh, I, good God, I just there is a possibility they could deal with some problems uh, with that. But I guess they they more than likely thought it through and they're doing like a thing themed type thing at the actual arenas yeah i would i would agree with that um because you just don't know what could pop up at somebody's house are you having these people sign waivers where you can't you know show more skin or you know you know probably even say you can't always show but one type of beer they probably have gotten down (laughs) to that type of thing i I would say uh just because it is all marketing the whole reason why we even doing the whole bubble is because of the money and the marketing. Yeah, uh, but I, I like your idea. You know, at the the um, the home team's arena, that's what they would show. Yeah, hopefully, and they can distance between six seats and everything. Watch it on the big screen. It just it may give enough of a feel to bridge the gap between what's happening with COVID um, and. You can actually buy a ticket to go to the arena and have an experience. Hey, maybe there's a win there. But uh, to move it along to the WNBA, um, with both the WNBA and the NBA, the Black Lives Matter uh, statement is printed on the court. Recently, the WNBA players have protested by leaving the court during the national anthem as the game was going to begin with no one remaining on the court. So how well has the NBA stepped up to the challenge so far? Um, so far, it doesn't seem like they've gone out of their way to do something like that. And I'm not sure if the players talk with the coaches and the rest of the league in the WNBA about doing that. So maybe they were taken, taken back by that. Um, but the NBA, it doesn't seem like it's, it's the, the issue has been pushed out there. Um, maybe they're waiting for the actual games to start, but I would say the NBA has, I don't know that it hasn't been as much as what they've said. I think. True. I agree. And it's so many complicated lines within this, even I'm for the social awareness and everything, but of course, I I like to look inside the lines a little bit more. Uh, And I I just don't fully know what the motivation of the NBA is with connection to the Black Lives Movement uh, uh, movement, because there is two separate movements to Black Lives Matter, because there's an actual organization of Black Lives Matter. And then there's black people who or people of color who support just black lives mattering which 
may throw in some corporate type things to it being printed on that on that court. So just me looking way too deep into the lines there alone. I'm not sure even the NBA's motivation, even as they do it. So I even if I was going to give them credit for just putting it on the court, just mentioning this, I can't fully give it to them because I know there's an organization and there is a motivation behind these type of things. Um, it should be, but not money wise. Um, so I, I just to kind of reel it in, NBA, no, they haven't. And I, I'm not even fully sure whether I should be demanding that of them anyway. Um. Well, I mean, I, I guess you can really demand it from them because they did go out there and make a statement saying that they would push the issue and try to get more um, awareness for this. So I think we can hold them accountable. Sure. Very good point. So um, it, with them being accountable, then I guess I need to wait at least until the game start. And it seems like it's really on the players and not the organization of the NBA, uh, other than them printing out and letting them sing out a black national anthem that really most black people don't know the second theme to and then the second verse to. So I, I'm not sure what what's really going to come from this. And I would say right now, from what I'm seeing right now, no, it's not enough. But I do have to still give them some room for the game to actually start. Well, at least the NBA start side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just give them some more time. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen in that time, but hopefully they do a little more of something. Yeah. So NBA players show collective support for the WNBA by wearing WNBA hoodies. Do you see the WNBA surviving this pandemic if it goes on longer than two years? Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yes, yes, I, I do, because the WNBA actually feeds off of the NBA. I think most of their money comes from what the NBA makes. The NBA puts in money into the WNBA, and that's coming from uh, the current commissioner, Adam Silver. He, he said that, I'm pretty sure. And the reason why that they haven't gotten bigger contracts is because people aren't watching it. And hopefully people tune in more during this uh, pandemic. Uh, there, There's more people staying at home. So hopefully they can um, get more viewers because they're just starving for sports. Um, but I think it will continue to go, will continue to be around because the NBA continues to put in money to it. I think this is a time when it comes to the just the corona coronavirus and how it's going to affect sports. I think it's the time of lesser sports being die, dying out. Once with less attention paid attention towards them, it's just not going to survive because even the people who were paying attention before, it lessens and lessens more than likely about 50% of even a little bit they were getting before. Um, when it comes to the WNBA, you're completely correct. They, they do feed off of the NBA, but after a certain amount of time, I I'll just say it like this. I think that there may be a hiatus time where a five-year period where they just can't operate. It's not going to be gone. It's just not going to be able to operate. And then they're going to go into this whole theme of starting it back up, things back to normal. You know, these women are still out here, which they should be. 
but I think there may end up being a pause for actual play where these female basketball players are going to have to go to other leagues, which they really should anyway because they make more money in those other leagues. Yeah, that's a real possibility here. Um, this this virus has just caused other sports to shut down and not even consider playing because they, they weren't making that much money before. Um, and I think the NBA, if it loses too much money, then it might have to stop funding the WNBA, at least for a little bit until they get their um, funds back up. Yeah, because if you can't have people uh, show up and then you can't get people to tune in, where do you get the funding? <laughs> no, it's just a simple like I'm just sorry, I'm just pointing out an obvious like I don't know. I mean, because it was really bad because <laughs> like I've really been starving for basketball or uh, or competitive sports, and I saw that the uh, WNBA was on, and it was a competitive game, and I still turned it. <laughs> it sounds real bad, but it is what it is. That's what I did. I'm gonna be uh, honest. Wow, and that that doesn't vote well for people who are actually interested in the sports and starving, star, starving for the sports and still will not consume the sport. I think there's many people like you and I who, I mean, I don't really complain that much about their salary or whatever, but people like who people like us who complain about the salary are the same people who don't watch and support the WNBA. Yeah. So that's why it keeps failing. Yeah, I'm a bunch of talk. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It is true. Yeah. It is true. It is it's sad true. to say. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be very honest here, too, because I, I know this is all recorded. But uh, first thing, I, I watched a couple seconds and I was like, dang, I don't want to see a bunch of layups. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I really, that's that that. my thought. I was like, dang it. I, I really want to see, like, a possibility of a dunk. And there is a possibility because it's like a few women basketball players who can dunk, but it ain't, it's like a, you know, that little, little jump, jump, that little, I got it right over the rim jump. I'm sorry. I'm not really going to down the WNBA. Stop right here. But I'm just saying these are the realities of the stigmas that are on the WNBA. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some stigmas, but. <sighs> But aren't those the stigmas? I, there's not going to be dunking. I don't want to see a bunch of layups. And that's really the, the biggest complaint. That's the yeah. biggest stigmas. There's great shots. There's yeah. great players. There's crossovers. Yeah, but you're not seeing people fly through the air like you see in the NBA. Which is the stigma that everybody sticks to. And women don't support the sport, and then it, it relies on men to support the sport when they barely even pay attention to the male side of the sport. <laughs> it's, it's truth. It's just truth. I just want to lay it out. Just, hey, maybe we can change these things because I do want the hope for the WNBA to get more attention. Well, you need to start watching it. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It with me uh, so <laughs> but we'll we'll go into the restart of the nba as that will be this week on thursday july 30th with a double header on tnt the first game out the bat is going to be the jazz versus the pelicans at 6 30 p.m 
followed by a really great matchup. First one with the Clippers versus Lakers at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for both of those. So the playoffs will actually begin August 17th as these all teams, 22 teams, will have a mini regular season, mostly to decide seeding for the playoffs, but some really locked up uh, as the other records are taken into account. To kind of round it in for you here, there are 22 teams that were invited to the restart of the bubble in Orlando of the NBA, but only 16 teams can make the playoffs. So what is your power ranking for the top five teams going into the playoffs? So top five, um, number one, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, They were doing very well before the shutdown. I don't think they've lost any significant players. They still have the reigning MVP from last year and still possible for this year uh, in Giannis. So I'm going to keep them at number one. And then the Lakers, they still have LeBron James. Um, I would say at least top two player in the league today. Um, And it looks like they are um, firing on all cylinders. Um, And then I'll have to go with the, let me see. It's actually kind of hard after that. Most people would say the Clippers, but I don't have too much faith because they're not really together. I want to put the Clippers at number five. Um, they are still a good team, but you just don't know what you're going to get because you don't know who's going to show up. Um, so I'm going to leave them at number five. Um, I will put the Rockets at number three. Um, <laughs> I know their record doesn't completely reflect that, but I believe in James Harden and Russell Westbrook, as most people don't. Um, I feel like this is the best time for them to take advantage of this and try to win. Um, uh, um NBA championship. Um, so yeah, I got them at number three and my number four is going to be the Boston Celtics. They have a pretty good young core who is uh, steadily rising and they are, I think number one or two in the East. Like, no, number two in the East, I think. Yeah. Cause the bucks are number one. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Celtics at number four Clippers five. Okay. I can respect that list. So you have, uh, Milwaukee, Lakers, Houston Rockets. Who's number four? The Boston Celtics and then the Boston LA Celtics. Clippers. Okay. And, then the, and then the Clippers. Okay. So my list is really jumbled up from yours. It's like nobody in the same spot. I don't think. Maybe the Rockets. I think they, the Rockets are in the same spot. But my number one is going to be the Lakers because they, they look real strong right now. They didn't blow out any teams during these scrimmage games, but they look very strong. Uh, as much as some of the parts of their team didn't get a lot of chance to be together, I think they did a lot of independent work to create chemistry with private practices and things like that. So I, I'm putting them at number one, like really, like confidently number one. They look really, really strong when I, I don't mind that. When they when I viewed them now, Milwaukee, yes, they they look real good also. But I think it's really close between uh, my and my power ranking between. Actually, no, no. I, then I guess Rockets not not going to be in the same spot because my it's, I think it's really close between Boston and Milwaukee right now. I think Boston has been built for it previously, but I think a lot of the stuff was premature, even if they went into the playoffs this past coming year. But they might have gotten enough time like 
even independent time, just being around them each other time, even different practice times, that they their well-equipped team might be well-equipped to be making it through a playoff, especially a bubble-type playoff. So I think it's actually pretty close between those two teams, even though I don't think they're that the Boston Celtics would beat Milwaukee. I definitely don't think that. If anybody's going to beat Milwaukee in the East, I actually think that's going to be the Heat, even though I don't put them in their top five. So it's all complicated. But just for the list, I'm going to put Lakers, Milwaukee, Boston, then Rockets, because I actually am very confident in the Rockets also. It's, even though I'm putting them there, I'm very confident in them, and I'm going to put them at number four. And like you said, it's not much confidence in the Clippers, so I'm really hesitant to put them in my top five. So I need to lean towards – dang, they may still fit in that number five. I, I guess they are number five. <laughs> They're number five because I can't really think of no other team that I really want to put there that I can be confident in. Yeah, that's it. That, that, that's the list. That is the top five. How okay. about that one? Um. I mean, we basically have the same teams. Some teams are in the same place. (laughs) Um, And we didn't really discuss this beforehand. So, I mean, that's really coincidence. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I feel like those are some pretty good spots. I mean, I'm not really going to argue with the Lakers being at where they are or the Celtics and Bucks and all that. I mean, I I agree with your list, except mine is a little bit different. Well, I'm, I'll propose actually a harder question because this one's actually going to uh, get you. Which unexpected team would be likely to come out on top of the NBA bubble playoffs? Um, so this more than is, likely they're not going to be in the top five. They're not going to be in our okay. current top five. Yeah. Um, this is a, a team that's that was very surprising throughout this whole year, and I would not want to play them. Um, I'm going to go with the OKC Thunder with um, Chris Paul leading the way. That's probably the most unlikely team to win it all, but they are a dangerous team. They were dangerous before, and it seems like they'll still be dangerous. And I would not want to play them, especially not in the first round. You might get embarrassed. Um, But, I mean, this is a team that can easily get beat in the first round also. But they are dangerous. Dang, that was a great answer. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're doing some agreeing today because I think that was a great answer because I would extremely be surprised and not surprised at the same time. Like our confidence we keep leaving from uh, Chris, Chris Paul, he keeps showing up. He went to a whole nother franchise, didn't complain and still led them to a really great, great record. And they can beat teams like it is very, very, very possible uh, to, for them to make it far. Um, that's a great answer. I was actually going to, I'm going to go Miami Heat because I just think they're unexpected. I don't think they're there's not a real idea in my head that they would win the uh, playoffs. But with the bubble situation, also living in Florida, people being closer, it's not like the fans can be there and support them uh, closer. But in general, there may be some more comfortableness, uh, being more comfortable with being in Florida and things like that. So I was going to go Heat. But I do really like your answer. Okay. I mean, I think the Heat are probably a year away. Um, They still are a pretty good team, but they still need, I guess, I don't know. You know, sometimes a team needs that that, um, obstacle to get over or that obstacle to hit them before they really take that next step. And I think this bubble will be that thing, but I could be wrong. 
I can agree. Somebody somebody else made an argument that it would be the Portland Trailblazers, but I'm not even confident they're making the playoffs. So nah, how we they gonna, probably not. Be, how we going <laughs> to be confident they're going to actually win the playoffs? So I, I don't fully buy into that idea, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to really entertain that one. So which player do you think will have the best performance in the NBA playoffs? Best performance? Um uh, I mean, I, I, I guess LeBron James. Range. I oh. guess LeBron James. I mean, he's <laughs> he always shows up. I mean, even if he does lose, he'll always have pretty good stats. Um, he's not going to let up. I mean, just looking back at his last playoff series against the uh, Golden State Warriors, he put up 51 points in the first game before J.R. Smith just ran away with the ball. So um, I'm going to go with LeBron James. He's the safest pick. That is the safest pick. I wasn't going to go safe at all. Um, well, it's not. It's still pretty safe because it's but so unsafe you can go when they're all going to be superstars. Nobody's picking uh, Middleton to be the best performer uh, of the playoffs. So. You had to <laughs> pick him up. It has to be within a reason. So I'm going to actually go James Harden. Now, okay. he's going he's gonna to leave some something there for, like, assist he's not gonna fill in that for you but i can see his stats when it comes to rebounds and uh points possibly being the best performance overall even though it might not result in them actually making it to the championship that's why i didn't really propose this question as who would have the best who would win the mvp because that is going to only be between two teams and more than likely only be the team who wins the best performance can be from somebody who doesn't even make it to the nba finals Yes, and I, I like that answer. I, I actually hope it's true, because if he does that, that means they have some pretty good success, unless the whole team gets injured. But um, <laughs> dang, we're <laughs> wishing on him. Dang. <laughs> well, I'm not wishing it on him. I'm just saying, if he does that, they should go pretty far. Um, but with James Harden, it's often been said that he he uses a lot up. of his energy throughout the um the regular season that's why he, he doesn't show up as much during the playoffs but he's had a huge break and he's he's lost weight so yeah it looks like scenario change yeah so it might be his time to get that surge and the only thing that was holding him back possibly was doing too much during the regular season that is a great theory i i do support that theory even though i want lebron to be on the end of that uh championship trophy but I'll move it outside of the whole NBA restart as we've been discussing here for the first half uh, with the NBA and the Knicks news as Tim Thibodeau will be becoming the head coach for the New York Knicks. So how much hope can you put behind the Knicks future with Tim Thibodeau as head coach? I think that he gets to probably three or four years in the contract and then he's let go. Um the New, the New York Knicks are a waste revolving of time. Door? <laughs> yeah, revolving door, waste <laughs> was, of time. That was perfect. <laughs> dumpster fire. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Um, he might get them into the eighth seed in the playoffs, but not too much further past that. Um, he was a, a pretty good coach. He did get the Timberwolves in the playoffs whenever they hadn't reached the playoffs in a very long time. Um, he had Derrick Rose. I'm not sure who he really has on the Knicks. I mean, that's not much, but... Um, your boy who just... R.J. Barrett. 
okay, but <laughs> there's not said, much okay. there. There's not much there. It's a bunch uh, of so, forwards. They already did bad drafting. Yeah, so yeah, he'll he'll be fired before the end of this contract. Whew, God dang. But you're right. You're right. That's what's gonna happen. Um I'm not putting a lot of hope in the Knicks making it far with him. That is not a to me, not a statement higher in any way. It did not in any way make me feel that anything was going to change about the Knicks. Because there's people you can hire to think that make you actually think that things would change, and it still wouldn't change. For example, uh, Phil Jackson, when he became the GM and nothing really happened to the actual Knicks prospering. So I just don't see this as no better than a seed in the playoffs, like you said. Yeah, unless they get some LeBron James player, nothing is going to happen. Nah, I, I, it, it only happens due to – actually, I'll actually go to the next question because it'll actually – I'll be able to answer it within this question. So is there any way the Knicks are better, a better franchise than the uh, Brooklyn Nets within the next two years? <laughs> the only way that happens – it's still hard to see, but if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant leave, <laughs> mm. but even but even without them, they're probably still better than the Knicks. Well, um, that's what. Well, <laughs> one reason why I said I didn't want to answer the other part is because the only way that happens for the Knicks is if they have some type of superstar rivalry type of New York thing going on. Because New York and living in New York is a whole full mantle, and it is still the franchise of the Knicks. So if it's if it's possible, because they're still players out there who will be available pretty soon to pull them to the Knicks. And due to there being a rivalry and a possible uh, attention grabber with the Knicks, sorry, with the Nets, there may be a possibility for them to draw somebody in, but that's really like a long hope. I'm just, I'm throwing out some possibilities out there because really there is a possibility that they're better than them, even with Kevin Durant and Kyrie still there because they are dysfunction right now. And I actually think even if just the Knicks stay stable, they could be better than the Knicks, uh, the Nets, because of the Nets being so unstable. You mean the Knicks being unstable? Well, I'm saying the Nets. The Nets. I'm talking about like their mental. You got KD, who's uh, really oh. emotional, and like they're. You, I'm talking about the actual players you're dealing with. They're they're jumbled up, and that instability may actually help the Knicks just be slightly better than the Nets. Okay. Um, that's still very hard to see. Of course. <laughs> I mean, both of those players, whenever they come to play, they still play very well, even even though they have that dysfunction off the court, especially Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, I'm not sure if he's going to be there all the time because he's injury prone, but Kevin Durant, he shows up to play. Um, so just having him that makes them better than the Knicks. True. I just wanted to be the devil advocate on that one. Uh, so uh, just to move it uh, further along, we have the NFL where Jamal Adams has been signed unexpectedly to the Seahawks. And it has come to a lot of the players on the Jets. Surprise, uh, as he has been moved. So how big of a difference is this for the Seahawks with this trade? Um, this is good for on the field, but for the future, it's terrible. Absolutely awful. 
How do you give up two first round picks for a safety that you still have to pay? Like <laughs> this, it, it, this trade doesn't really make it too much sense for the Seahawks. I mean, it's, it's good for now, but he can easily leave within, within, I don't know, a year or two. This could be just like with Jadavion Clowney, how they traded some picks and then um, got Jadavion. Um, but this, I mean, the, the Jets finessed them. They they finessed the Seahawks because this was not I, a good deal. I can kind of agree there. Um, I don't think it makes a big difference for the Seahawks. The Seahawks tend to either have a medium to good defense Anyway, I do think that they're thinking that Russell's time is now and they must do it now or they may lose out on the opportunity for a certain type of window. I think that's what they're thinking is, that they're going to just tool him up as much as possible. Mostly, I think it's actually due to them being afraid of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that that future, those two specific quarterbacks are scaring franchises to think that if we don't get it now we're not going to get it in the future especially when you have a on the higher end aged quarterback because Russell Wilson's not that old but he is a veteran uh, very much veteran quarterback compared to what the, the the layout is of starting quarterbacks so I would say it's not much of a difference for the Seahawks it doesn't say Super Bowl in any way but maybe it adds to their idea of trying to win now yeah it it adds to that um they have to win a super bowl for this to work for for them to for this to pay off because two first round picks that is ridiculous actually i think sorry go ahead and what the um the texans got for deandre hopkins they just look dumber and dumber because that was an awful trade they could have at least got a first round pick these guys got two first-round picks for a safety. That's that's just ridiculous. I, I, I'm upset True. with that. I agree. And the reason why I was going to interrupt is because I actually think that makes them have to sign um, what's your boy uh, Antonio Brown because they need a cheap, great receiver. At this point, you, you, you don't almost have a choice. You need a very good playmaking uh, player. But now you need them on the extreme cheap. It's almost like you have to do it. Well, there's also the thing floating over Antonio Brown's head with that whole case. They haven't really dealt with that. So we don't know how long he's going to be out. True. But I think uh, the Seahawks are out here that on some we got first dibs. I mean, if you want that. Well, but it, <laughs> I think it's really a, a matchup between uh, the Bucks or quote-unquote Tom Brady having dibs and the Seahawks having dibs. I think that's really what's going on on the background, on the back burner, and they're slightly maybe waiting on some type of uh, judgment on the things that are going on with Antonio Brown, even though it, it's a good decision for on the field, but it's a horrible decision for off the field. Yeah, I agree, but I would say if a team goes out there and works him out and signs him, that might force the issue with the NFL to try to hurry up and get the sentence out there. True. Very true. Um, so with Le'Veon Bell being quite upset about this move and sharing it over uh, social media, stating he was lied to to come there to the 
New York Jets. Has Le'Veon Bell seen his peak years past him? Um, sad to say, but yes, I, I think it has. Um, now, a part of that was the offensive line last year. He's a, a very good back that catches very well. He runs in between the tackles and all that stuff, but um, he can't do as much as he did before. He can't make up for some of the inconsistencies on that team like he was doing with the Steelers, even though they had other great pieces around them. Um, the Jets' offensive line was just terrible. He had multiple quarterbacks whenever the season first started off, um, and he, he just can't do it all by himself. Uh, but they did actually end the season pretty well. That They ended up 79 somehow, but I don't think Le'Veon Bell will spend too much time, too much more time at the Jets on the team. I can agree. I don't know. Actually, I can, I can see it going both ways. The reason why I see his peak being past him is because I don't think you're not getting more support on the New York Jets. There's no way you're cam- campaigning enough people in even just the next three years to go to the Jets. I, there's just, it's, I don't see any scenario out there that draws people there. So, yeah, I can see if he wants a championship in any way, he's going to leave. But I think there's something about him that does make him still want to be the man. And he, can, he may still, still be able to be, remain the man at the Jets even though his peak is past him. Yeah, um, but if he does that, because I know the coach isn't really behind signing him, not at the time whenever they first signed Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. um, they might get another back that might surpass him. Like they might draft another one and kick him to the side. Mm. And dang, you know, the life of a running back does not, it's just not that great. Um, on how they treat running backs in the NFL. Um, But to move it along to the formerly known Redskins, nickname change to the Washington football team. Yes, that is the nickname, the Washington football team. I did have to look this up twice just to see whether there was an actual name attached to it, but it is the Washington football team. And their new jersey changes that will be coming for this upcoming season. So will anyone be bought in, even the current fans? Um, I don't think you're going to get any new fans from this team name. This is just a placeholder until they figure out another team name or, or mascot name. So I, this is just <laughs> really just uh, just a way to distance themselves from the old team name so they can come up with something else. I think they were under a clock for finding a name, and they whiffed on this one because just come up with a name. Uh, I, I don't think it was should have been that hard. You can spend a, one week on it, and you would have been good. But they were racing against a clock of actually starting back a season and then having to push out merchandise on top of, dang, what team do you even play for? You don't play for the Redskins because they denounced that team. The Washington football team? They, they literally did the laziest thing they could do because everybody was referring to to them as the Washington football team only because there was no name, not because that was what they really liked. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I guess they, they really just needed more time because 
they look at this name as being their forever name, the, the next mascot name. So they didn't want to rush it. And I have no problem with that. I think they just ended up in a, a timing situation and that the owner's dealing with bigger issues, as we will probably discuss here in a moment, with the whole sexual um, abuse and cases that he has going on. They literally did the laziest thing they could do, though. Washington football team, like, they really did. I, I didn't think they were really going to be pushing out new jerseys. Of course, they they can't have the same thing on their jerseys, but it just looks so pathetic. It looks so off-brand to be the Washington football team and with these temporary uh, jerseys. There's, I, I really think there's nobody who's going to be coming out there in those jerseys other than the people who are going to think it's ironic or something for history because it will be temporary. Yeah, and I guess they're just going to have a, um, what do you call it, plain jersey and helmet. <laughs> Boy, man, they are the Sims of football teams right now. Uh, the avatar, the blank avatar of football teams right now, it's just, it does not look good, even from the other things from the uh, front office. So uh, with the franchise hiring a female announcer, do you see this as a PR move or them making a real effort? Um, this is, uh, it's hard to say, actually. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's both. Um, they, they're trying to dip their toe into it and try to make a change, just how they made, made a, well, try to make a change with the new mascot name or no, non-mascot name. And this was because, this was also because the public pushed them to do this type of thing because of the allegations of um, past employees saying that, you know, the the general manager, well, I don't know if it's the general manager, but somebody on the team that's higher up was sexually harassing them. So Mm -hmm. they're they're just trying to cover all this up so they can get to a better future. So uh, I'm guessing you're saying PR move? Well, I'm saying half and half, really. Mm, situational um it's 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 just it's kind of like with their nicknames it because of the climate of what was going on it seemed like the best thing to do anyway so they're getting credit for things that they were supposed to do anyway so i I don't i don't i don't know about i don't give them any credit so i completely put this on a pr move because we all know this was a PR move. This was clear. Actually, I have to draw the line. This is clearly a P- PR move. A female announcer. Why? Why? Why else should that make uh, news? It makes news because it's a PR move. It's a move to say we are not against females. We actually even just hire one. It's the the exact same. Ugh, it sounds really just like you know how racist people say. I'm not racist. I have black friends. That's mm-hmm. literally what it looks like what it, they did. And I have no problem with that argument. Um, I was just trying to give them a little bit of credit, but you could definitely be right. It, it's just it's a knee jerk reaction. It was literally after it, it, it. I can't spell it out any other way than it being that way, because why else is it news or like it, it's just like a why did it happen after this? It happened in response to this, which would be a PR move, not uh, we're trying to make an effort for change. It's saying, hey, we look like we're doing an effort for change. 
Yeah, um, but at least they did it and didn't ignore it. So I yeah, guess I can give them credit for that. Yeah, because this hiring had to do nothing with the actual abuse that was going on in the front office. That that female was not there, and more than likely will not be in any type of environment that those women actually had to deal with. So it really is, to me, a PR move. But um, to move away from football and basketball to boxing in a very, very, very interesting fight, something coming from out of back, back, back 90s that we was maybe thought would have been a matchup or early 2000s as Michael, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. will be uh, fighting in an eight round exhibition match with Tyson being 54 years old and Roy Jones Jr. being 51. Now, Roy Jones Jr. has a little bit less time from outside of the ring from Mike, as Mike has been about 15 years since his last professional fight. Roy Jones Jr. in like about the past three to five years. But I'll go ahead and ask, how do you see this fight playing out? Um, This is going to be kind of hard because um, Mike Tyson has been out of the game for a while. But it seems like he definitely did stay in shape. And that punching power does not seem like it's lost any power. Um, If Mike Tyson wins, he's just going to have to knock him out. And he's going to have to do it quick. But I'm going to say it goes to decision. And Roy Jones Jr. wins this because he is the closest away from. um, Well, he he's not too far out of boxing. So. He's still going to have his legs to to some degree and be able to outlast Tyson to get a decision from the judges. Okay, I definitely respect that, but I'm on the side of Mike Tyson on this one. Um, Everybody, literally everybody knows the strategy. Also him to beating him to beating Mike Tyson. Everybody knows, and I've even stated this previous when we said he was going to fight against anybody that he needed to do to do it quick. And he has to do it with his punching power. He needs to be the knockout king. Roy Jones Jr., as I saw in the interview, he said he's going to uh, weather the tide. He's going to stick in there. He's going to take these shots. He's going to last them out until he gets too tired. That That's literally the thing that everybody knows is the way to beat Mike Tyson. But the problem is Mike Tyson also knows that this is the way to beat Mike Tyson. So that means he can possibly avoid that being his Achilles heel. And I'm going to lean towards uh, age being a a, a lesson uh, giver towards Mike Tyson. So I think he does accomplish it early and he does punch hard and he does not play it out to be a long fight. I think he doesn't even I think it's more of a I'm going to do all out in the beginning. And if we go past a certain point, oh, well, I lost. <laughs> um, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, he's going to come out swinging very hard. Roy Jones Jr., he's going to have to dodge most of those hits because you, you, I don't think you can take too many of those punches because he's going to break something <laughs> if you don't dodge those hits. Yeah, so... I'll go ahead and ask, how large is the interest level for the general public for this fight? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not sure. I mean, there are people talking about it, but I haven't heard too many people talk about it. 
Um, ESPN is definitely getting behind it because they don't have anything else. But I don't know. What do you What do you think? I think it is booming. I, I think I think this is a match made in extreme boxing heaven because boxing has not been boxing since the days of these major boxers. The, these names ring bells. These these names uh, buy tickets. These names get pay per view. I personally think just off of names alone, whether they were shabby or not, was going to bring names and then throw in COVID situation. Like, I, I don't even think we needed the series of events that we have now to focus in on something like this to have that type of focus on something like this. I think there's always been an a, a interest in Tyson and he has changed his life in many different ways that people really attract towards. So his storyline is cemented that it's it's a we just want to see him fight. Even if he would have fought somebody I've never seen in my life, I was going to watch that fight, and I think a lot of people would have. But when you throw in Roy Jones Jr., another big, just as big name, it's 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 blockbuster. It is extremely blockbuster, and I think it it becomes a mini Super Bowl type feel. Um. Okay. Um. Because I mean, I, I wasn't getting that exact same feel. I haven't heard too many people, at least around where I where I go, you know, talk about it. But I mean, if it's that much hype, I mean, I, I, I say we can definitely get behind it because these guys, even though they're pretty old, I mean, they feel like they can still fight. But because you got to maybe I guess maybe you're not taking the temperature because you got to think of it a little bit like this. Uh, in previous fights, for example, Mayweather, one that's like as whether you have interest or not, most people still watch it, even if it's females. Whether they don't really know who he is, really cares whether he wins or whatever, they still watch it. There's an anticipation type of thing that happens uh, up to a date for a fight to where people will start to say, hey, you watching that fight? Hey, you watching the fight? Hey, you going to watch the fight? That builds just such a type of crowd that gets people to buy on that day, that pay-per-view. And those names alone does not take a lot of convincing as if you said, Hey, you going to watch Tyson, the Tyson fight. Oh yeah. Who are you fighting? You don't even need to say who you fighting. And if you did say Roy Jones jr, it is a for sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Off of just the names, they, they definitely bring a crowd. And as we get closer, I think the hype will definitely build. And ESPN is going, Oh, but literally I think everybody's going to milk this superstars, there, I don't think there's not going to be a level of people who will not be hype about this, in, including the broadcasting network of ESPN. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, it lives up to the hype. <laughs> yeah, like uh, even if Mike, Mike Tyson got knocked out, I think he still would be beloved. But I'll actually let you answer that. Answer what yeah. you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he will still be beloved. I don't think anybody's public perception changes after this. I agree. And he survived past biting somebody's ear off. That's actually something people forgotten about. Yeah, he he did it. And it's recorded. We can go back and watch it now. Spit it out. Spit it off and spit it out. (laughs) But uh, with the last question here, uh, what level of money do you think that they will bring in? Oh, they bringing in millions with this. I mean, definitely off the hype that you just said, and the the hype will definitely build from there. I would say at least close to what 
Mayweather and Pacquiao did, or Mayweather, um, what's the guy who just retired Connor. from UFC? Connor. Yeah, Con- Conor McGregor. At yeah. least that. I-, I agree, and I'm not sure whether Conor McGregor's views were more than Mayweather. I mean, um, uh, Pacquiao with Mayweather. Whichever one's the lower end, I would choose that one because I'm not exactly sure. Um, the Conor McGregor one might have gotten more views just because it was Mayweather and it was after the uh, the Pacquiao fight. But I would put it on the, exactly the same. Yes, whichever one's the lower end of viewing, even though it's still high viewing, I would I would say yes. It's it's pretty similar uh, on type of money. I actually don't think fully the type of money that they were getting because that's like 400 million. I think I'm pretty sure Mayweather got 400 million or more on that one day. I don't think he's getting 400 million, but I do think that they are going to double at least what they're getting for doing the actual fight. They're going to get double that off of the pay-per-view. Yeah, maybe not 400 million. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. So, yeah, they, I mean, they'll get a good share of it. Yeah, and I actually think this is a split pot. Like this is a or maybe you give a 60-40 to the winner. I think that may be what they they may settle on is a 60-40 because I know sometimes no matter like for example Mayweather was going to get 400 million and McGregor got 100 million because he's had the more popularity and it's due to the agreement uh whether he won or lost blah 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 but in this case I think it might be somewhere close to split down the middle to 60-40 depending on who wins. Yeah, I can definitely see that, but they both win in this situation, really. I agree. I completely agree. I don't think there is no real dislike that can come from this, and there's no real, like, really, no matter what they happens to either one of them, it's not going to end too bad, because even if they get mean, even if they either one of them get straight knocked out, it's not that bad. It won't be that bad. It, 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 we already understand that there's a possibility that somebody's just not going to be able to perform or we've kind of in my, at least in my head, I've already given an excuse to whoever wins that they are still a legend beforehand. Yeah. No, no public procession changes in this. Agreed. Unless they do some wild stuff, but you know, <laughs> you can't avoid real life, but <laughs> this has been, so you think, you know, sports, it will be heating up as we will be into the uh, first round of these games and NBA restart. Uh, weekend the next Wednesday that we come back to you with the news and this has been so you think you know sports the last part like normal is where Muhammad comes up with the questions I try to answer a multiple choice on all three and you try to answer just like I do and give you maybe a little information as I know about the subject Uh, go ahead with the first question Muhammad which of the following NBA players won the 2013 All-Star three-point contest? A, Steph Curry, B, Kyrie Irving, or C, Klay Thompson? I'm really not sure. Uh, go ahead again with those, because I'm really just not sure. Those are really great selections. Go ahead. Which of the following NBA players won the 2013 All-Star three-point contest? A, Steph Curry, B, Kyrie Irving, or C, Klay Thompson? I really think it's Klay Thompson. I, Even though Kyrie might have been in a three-point contest, I just don't remember him. Steph, I know, has, has been in, and I don't think he's won. 
I'll, I'm going to go final answer, Clay Thompson. It's wrong. It's Kyrie Irving. Oh, I just didn't remember. Remember. Yep. He went in early on. <laughs> um, but, I mean, all of them won a three-point contest. Oh, okay. All right. Steph should have won a three-point contest. But, I, you know, <laughs> how these games go. But uh, go ahead with the next question. <laughs> Which of the following non-quarterback players in the NFL has the richest contract in 2020? A, Christian McCaffrey, B, Khalil Mack, or C, Aaron Donald? Dang it. Dang it, dang it. Now, who deserves it is a different question from uh, who actually has it, because uh, I'm pretty sure not the person who deserves it most is not the one who has the richest contract for next year. Dang it. Um, Christian McCaffrey did just become the richest running back in the league. It's hard. Go ahead again with the question and answer. Which of the following non-quarterback players in the NFL has the richest contract in 2020? A, Christian McCaffrey, B, Khalil Mack, or C, Aaron Donald? I'm kind of close on this whole Khalil Mack, but I'm not sure how his contract is set up. I know he's, he re-signed for some good money, um, and it just got signed. I'm going to actually go with Sam Donald, and I'm going to just leap out there on faith to this Sam Donald final answer. Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald, sorry. Um, that's wrong. And I, it's... And, and you know what? I was thinking <laughs> Sam Donald the entire time, and I'm thinking of the quarterback, and it's Khalil Mack. Yeah, that's the answer. It's Khalil Mack. Dang it. And, and they're actually not too I, far off. Who, Sam Donald? And, uh... No, no, I'm talking about in the money with Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know because I don't know why I was thinking Sam Donald the entire time instead of uh, Aaron Donald. Completely different teams. Yeah, so Khalil Mack is $23.5 million per year. Um, Aaron Donald, $22.5 million, And Christian McCaffrey was 16 mm. uh, Well, I don't know how you want to count that one, but uh, we can go to the last question. <laughs> yeah, and there's an offensive lineman making $22 million, So there's Ooh, that. What team? What team? What team? Texans, Laramie Tunsil. Oh, he better protect uh, your boy because he ain't got no receivers to throw to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But um, yeah. number three, yes. who was the last team LeBron played before his last finals appearance? A, Toronto Raptors, B, Boston Celtics, or C, Indiana Pacers? Yeah, I have no idea. That would have been the last... Because I think he even re-injured himself or didn't play, like, the last, last game of the Lakers season. Dang it. Oh, my God. It'd be easy if it was, like, playoffs. That's actually what I said. <laughs> you said playoffs? Yeah. Okay. So, say it one more time, then. Sorry. So, who was the last team LeBron played before his last finals appearance? Uh, A, Toronto Raptors. B, Boston Celtics, or C, Indiana Pacers? So before the finals. Uh, oh, it's easy. This is Boston Celtics. This one uh, pushed them to Miami. You mean to the Lakers? <laughs> you said the Which, last time he didn't make the uh, finals? No, no. Who was the last team he played before the finals? His before, last playoff game. Before the it, finals. Oh, his last playoff game. Oh, that was man, you threw me all off. Hey, that's the Raptors. That that's your final answer? 
Wait a minute. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. What's your answer? Uh, let me make sure. Yes, it is. That's wrong. It's the Boston Celtics. I mean, you said it right the first time. You just kept getting the question confused. So, go ahead. Wait a minute. So I'm mixing the Warriors was the last playoff team that he played. But I mm-hmm. said the one before the finals. Before the finals. And that was the Boston Celtics. The you're Raptors. Right. You're right. The Raptors were right before that. Yeah, you're right. Because he actually that, played all three of these teams. Because that was the year that they. Uh, they had a great year, and uh, they had Kyrie. No, no, Kyrie was there. Yeah, they had a great year. No, no, he was gone. He was injured on the Celtics. That's right, and they had a great year without him. Yep. And that's when they felt that they should have been further the following year. Okay, you're right. Dang. I'm going to just take an L on all of them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this has been So You Think You Know Sports. We'll see you next week with a lot of exciting news.